0: what is going on <laughs> that you guys felt like the need to put this kind of pathology
1: on film i <laughs> <No> kidding right <laughs> what's going on in there welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins
0: Alright everybody, welcome to the SimCast, this is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sims, joined by Barrett Sher from a lot of things, yeah. all the things, maybe, yes. yeah, all the things, all the things. Um, and uh, we will be doing a mini pod, mini pod. of Uncut Gems uh, today. Um, this movie uh, has, it's interesting in so many ways, it's it's the way it's being received. mm mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those rare movies that critics love and audiences have for by and large don't like
1: yeah yeah i was surprised i don't know if i'm surprised by anything these days but that is a big disparity
0: it's like what i remember with the the, 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 vavich was that the same yes there was a critic the critical reception for that was i think above 90 percent on rotten tomatoes for critics and uh and people by and large didn't like it wow. and and uh i think it got like one of those c minus cinema cinema scores mm. maybe even d
1: oh really somewhere around there wow um
0: and uh and uh, this one ha- i think this one got a c cinema score it and the rotten tomatoes audience score is somewhere around 50 yeah 52
1: 52
0: percent and uh so it's it's an interesting thing now it's it's an interesting thing because I knew that going in to watch this mm. that audiences were not liking it for some reason and that critics were loving it and a lot of times I'm on the audience's side. Mm. This time I'm not on the audience's side.
1: Uh-huh. You're on the critic's side. I'm on
0: the critic's side. Uh I know that you're on the audience's side. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm i'm below the audience you're below the audience way below okay i'm I'm gonna be interested
0: i'm gonna be interested to hear what your criticisms of this movie are and what i might have to say in response to it because like the stuff that i was when i was watching this i was like okay i should hate this and i should hate this (laughs) why do i why am i enjoying myself Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i can't figure out exactly why this is uh, and then, in, in the end, I, I just came to, I came at peace to to with a decision about why I was enjoying the movie and everything. and I'm just interested to know why you did not like
1: it. It's fascinating because I had the exact opposite response in that this is all stuff that's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. like like the almost like the 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 hyperkinetic heisty aspects of this type of thing, mm-hmm. even though it's not a traditional heist. Uh, you know, I've been. Probably among our regular sin cast, probably the biggest Adam Sandler apologist here. Mm. I like the Mr. Deeds. I even like the anger management and stuff like that. Of course, that's more on his comedic side. But uh, largely the praise for this film is because of his performance and that his likability as an actor is what makes his character palatable. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was not palatable mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I honestly need therapy about this movie because uh i, I really I, I swear to god i was thinking the exact same thing it was like man this is like really gritty and like really hyperkinetic filmed really beautifully the performances are great mm-hmm. like there's some really good stuff to like here i loved the score even though the score is part of what is so disorienting mm-hmm. uh but th- for some reason by the end of it i was just like god damn i hate this movie mm-hmm. i recognize that it's extremely well done Mm -hmm. and i totally understand why i think why people love it i just hated it just viscerally Mm -hmm. i hated it Mm -hmm. and i have some some reasons why yeah 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 i understand uh this is anxiety the
0: movie right it is it It, is and 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 uh i was struggling with myself to figure out if this if this is something that uh Is something that to be lauded like it they do such a good job doing it they're obviously trying to do this yeah yeah the question becomes is that good because you know rising anxiety watching a movie is not the most fun place to be in Mm -mm. and uh and and there's a scene in this movie there's several scenes but there's one in particular where it just feels like everything is happening all at once. Yeah. And and I'm like how does anybody deal with all this? Um and uh and ultimately I I went on the side of I think this is good. I think this is something that they wanted to do. They accomplished it and it works for the film, but I don't like
1: feeling that way. No, I understand. I I agree with you. I think and I I think everybody agrees that this is the movie that the directors wanted to to make. Mm-hmm. The Safety Brothers?
0: uh i think that's how you pronounce it
1: yeah i don't think i I
0: think that's that's probably right
1: um it it seems like i mean yeah you're right this is very purposeful uh you know like i said the score is really really good but the score added with the dialogue and this is not a spoiler but one scene i don't know if it's the scene that you're talking about is in the jewelry shop Mm -hmm. where everybody is talking at the same fucking probably it and the score is going in this crazy like almost Mm. psychedelic type of type of way mm-hmm. and this is when my wife and i were watching it on a on a date night and this is when we turned to each other and we were like this is so stressful mm-hmm. and i did I, I actually had the time because we were in the back i didn't know if we were getting like one speaker too much or something like that mm-hmm. but i think it is i think it's supposed to be that way to where by the end of it you're just like i don't even know what's going on really right now mm-hmm. it's so chaotic and it's so anxiety inducing That that to me it was distracting. Now I knew, like you, I kind of knew this ahead of time. Like this is going to be a stressful movie, that kind of thing. This is going to be something that's always moving and that kind of thing. I was not expecting my physical reaction to this movie. I really felt like I was having an anxiety attack the entire time. Yeah,
0: and that's that's the that's sort of the rub, right? This movie makes you feel this way.
1: Yeah, and that is my main problem. That I'll get into spoilers uh, later on with it, but that itself with Dakota is my main issue with this movie Mm
0: -hmm. yeah okay well let's go ahead and grade it and then get into spoilers then uh what would you grade this movie
1: because it's so well made and there are so there's one part in particular that i'll talk about later on that that is i really felt personally Mm -hmm. uh so i can't go below like a c uh because below a c is like saying oh well this movie's trash this movie's not worth my time this movie's worth my time i just didn't enjoy it at all so my my it's weird because my personal feeling would put it as an f my my you know sensible opinion would put it no less than a c but Mm -hmm. i would put it as a c
0: yeah i i i i i'm putting this as an a Mm. and it's and it's it's really like i don't i really did not expect to be that high on it
1: yeah yeah. i really
0: didn't i i i I went into this just kind of going i have been in movies like this before (laughs) i know exactly what i mean it's it's gonna be one of those where you know there's gonna be there's a whole bunch of expectation from the trailer that they they set up and then you're going to go in and you're going to be like, oh, so this is the movie, huh? <laughs> and I didn't feel that the whole mm. time. So, um, so, yeah, this is, this is uh, I, I like this a lot better than I thought I would. Uh,
1: I'll tell you one thing before we get into spoilers, because this is maybe something that would get people interested in watching it. The performances, even outside of Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, for what the character is, is very, very good. You could even say spectacular mm-hmm. in this role. But the other players are fantastic. Kevin Garnett is really, really good in this. Lakeith Stanfield, I wish he would have been given more, like we always want for Lakeith Stanfield, but Mm -hmm. he's really good in this. I love Judd Hirsch in this movie because I rarely see Judd Hirsch outside of like the bumbling old man, Mm -hmm. uh, Independence Day type of thing. He's spectacular in this. Eric Bogosian is fantastic. Adina Menzel yeah is glorious in this movie that's
0: a one that's another thing about this movie is that the the casting is just like it's on the surface offbeat yeah yeah and then <laughs> and then you're like wow this these people are wonderful in this particular role this this particular movie like i wish more i don't know if i don't know if more movies can do this kind of thing. right uh but like there are there are a lot of actors in here who don't have very many credits there are very big roles mm-hmm. like there's a guy in here who plays one of eric bogosian's heavies who's like it's his only role
1: keith williams richards yeah, yeah that's
0: that guy yeah and he's spectacular he's great in it and i and i kept thinking where have i seen this guy i know before? me too me too i've seen this dude yeah.
1: <laughs> and i haven't i thought the same thing about julia fox who plays yeah. a very very important character uh I got very strong, uh, Ana Diarmas, uh, vibes from mm, her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given her role, similar to what her, uh, Ana Diarmas's role in Blade Runner 2049 yeah, was. Yeah. I think there's a lot more there. And God, she s- spans the spectrum of emotions in her performance.
0: Yet another, um, actress that comes in and you're like okay they hired her because she's pretty and mm-hmm. she's just doing that cute role and then by the end of it you're like holy shit she's great in i that. know i
1: know yeah so i mean as as low as i am on this movie personally objectively the performances are dynamite the score is dynamite for what it is i'd love to listen to it on its own actually mm-hmm. i bet it's like nice and calm and peaceful on <laughs> yeah but i i actually despite my feelings i would encourage people to see this movie I would encourage people to see this movie in the theater if mm-hmm. possible, uh, because it it certainly is a, a a specific type of cinema that is best experienced in that environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was in a a fairly packed house, and uh, and uh, that I had my own like sort of anxiety issues due to the projection. Oh, well, really? Uh, because uh, I, I'll get into that later. <laughs> I won't get into that into this podcast, but um but that gives me anxiety and i hate going out and complaining about it because mm-hmm. then i have to explain how i know th- something's fucked up yeah. when they're telling me something's not <laughs> and and uh so uh, so there was that and then was, you know it was a it was a late night crowd mm-hmm. and it was like oh no are we gonna have this kind of like you know people talking through them it was like actually pretty silent through yeah. the movie so anyway uh yeah let's go on to spoilers on this on this thing let um, do it
1: yes Kind of Luke's father. Is actually Darth
0: He's, She's the sister and the She's they just No, 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 that no, no, was- no, 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 no. I'm reading the books uh, because this is a movie that you need to uh, to really get down and dirty with, and everything. It's a dirty movie. At first, it's easy to say, "I hate this Howard Ratner guy," mm-hmm. and Sandler is such a like like he plays it so well because it's like this is the type of guy. That you do not ever want to run into your life. Right. Ever. Yeah. You know, you've seen these guys before. They, they're, they're very positive about everything, but they're fucking losers. Yes. And I can understand uh, an audience watching this and going, this guy is not redeemable. He's an awful person. He does awful things all the way through this. Every time he's about to get out of this situation he's in, he goes and fucking gambles the money away and <laughs> something else happens, you know? And, um, and so, like it's it's hard to understand because a lot of us don't run into people like this and everything, <laughs> yeah, but these people are very, very, they very much exist, oh yes, and uh, I'm you know as a guy who plays a lot of poker, I have run into not these people, but I've run into people who sort of like the guy behind the guy (laughs) who is that guy and uh and everything and and so like i've heard stories of people like this who Mm. are just like they just don't the the gamble is the thing that they live for Mm -hmm. man they don't care about their life they don't care about money nothing and so you look at a guy like this and you're like oh what a terrible person i can't i can't root for this person and then still um there's a magic trick by the end of it when he's got bogosian and his two guys like locked up in that little that little like outside office whatever it is Mm -hmm. whatever and they're like burning to death essentially like you can hear (laughs) you can see them sweating back there and everything like uh you're like actually going oh my god this celtics game look at garnett go and all that and you're like you're like for a minute there you're like yeah this guy man this guy's gonna win he's gonna get the he's gonna do the thing that we want him to do Mm -hmm. And they still managed to pull that off a little bit.
1: I understand that. And I totally understand that. I, I, to me, this guy makes so many conscious mistakes outside of gambling. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's part of the pathology. But to me, this guy is not redeemable at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, love Adam Sandler as an actor, typically. Uh, but to me, he didn't make this character palatable at all to me. I was rooting for him to get shot in the fucking head
0: at yeah, the end of this. But does does the movie pull its punch if it if he does have redeemable qualities? What redeemable qualities should he have in this that makes him a character that we want to succeed by the end of it?
1: You know, uh, I mean, far be it for me to to you know re- reshuffle the character traits or anything like that. But if the movie the movie does do a good job of showing us little things before before they happen you know foreshadowing that kind of thing um if the only moment that he really has where you can point to it and say like I, I think i may have something inside that that's a, a decent guy is at the passover seder and that was my favorite scene by far mm-hmm. it was it's really the only time that you can catch your breath in this entire yeah movie. for sure uh, and and that was brilliant because he's you know he's he's still hustling but he's actually like genuinely talking to his father in law Judd Hirsch and he's talking to his kids and everything he you know there's a a little bit of a break in the facade but then he goes in to to talk to his his current wife about to be ex wife and and his pitch to her is such a fucking grift it's such a fucking grift it's forgive me for everything even though I'm you know i'm not going to change and and so that i think is where they're saying well you know maybe you can maybe you can feel for this guy and everything i did not i was like no i was laughing in his face just like she was Mm -hmm. and what a great performance that she did she was like your face i hate your face yeah yeah and i'm like
0: yes i agree but this is this is the this is the rub for me and this is why i ended up being on the other side of this and saying that i loved it We go into movies all the time rooting on a hero because that's what we're told we need to have when we watch a movie. We have to have a guy that we, or a woman, that we can, like, we can root for. Because otherwise, then we just sort of just want him to die or whatever. But, like, I was sitting there going, this is a different thing. They want you to it's fine if you hate this guy it's mm-hmm. fine if you think it's cool that he gets shot in the face at the end it's totally fine for you to feel that way mm-hmm. and that's why i've ended up saying this is the movie they wanted to make they didn't want this they didn't care about this guy being redeemable they wanted him to be like a guy that they've probably run into before or they've heard about or something like that and we we're, I think a lot of times we go into movies, we feel like we need to have these certain set of criteria met in a character before we say, all right,
1: I like this movie, and this is one where they're doing something different. It absolutely is. Absolutely. I'm just – you know, I'm I'm absolutely good with everything that you just said mm-hmm. as far as, you know, watching a character – Throughout the the movie, I, there's there's no growth, there's no arc for me for this character, and there's no payoff. And I want to just briefly compare this movie to Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Whiplash is another what people call very anxiety inducing, for movie. sure. And you really end up, I guess, you root for the Miles Teller character because you know he's done so much, but he's also not been a, a perfect guy. I mean, no. he cuts off his girlfriend, all that stuff, and you certainly don't want to root for J.K. Simmons's character. Yeah, into that movie is hard to watch at times but also has a spectacular payoff Mm -hmm. there's no payoff in this movie for me there's no growth there's no like even him winning that it's like you don't deserve to win that you fucked up everything in order for that to 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 materialize Mm -hmm. and you know and this is where the the movie gets credit for foreshadowing you don't see a gun until right at the end where dude flashes it when he's in that bulletproof mm-hmm. thing. And then I just knew, you know, he's sitting there. He's, he's a fucking uh, ticking timer. Oh, as yeah. soon as he gets out of there, what choice does he have? Dude, seriously, that,
0: that honestly, he, he, I've never seen that. That to me was the payoff.
1: I, I totally understand. That. You know what I'm saying? I totally understand that. Yes.
0: Because this guy has, been following Eric Bogosian's rule this whole time. He's like, you know, basically telling this guy, you better bring us the money, you better give us the money, and never being allowed to do anything. It's like tantric violence, essentially. <laughs> never being able to do anything uh to the guy other than like maybe punch him a couple mm-hmm. of times. Now this guy has the fucking nerve to trap them behind this bulletproof thing. In this hot, you. Can, th- this is what the movie does so well. But you see his shirt, and he's like just matted in sweat. And and these guy, this guy has been sitting there going, "I've wanted to kill this motherfucker <laughs> since I first ran into him." And now he has the gall. I don't give a fuck if he even gets the money. I'm killing this motherfucker yeah, as soon yeah. as he lets me out. And I kept going. I was like, this guy is so fucking stupid. There's no way I would let these guys back in. No, after that, no. There's no fucking way.
1: And he's so delusional. He's like, okay,
0: he everything's doesn't, good, doesn't right? care about his life. Doesn't care about the money. <laughs> no. Doesn't care. He's so on a high about winning that thing. This is actually his perfect death. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is his perfect death. This is the best way he can go out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's this is where this is where the conflict is for people who are watching this movie whether or not you're on board with that kind of character and what happens to him and whatever, like, is this somebody that we need to be redeemed? I never thought that he needed to be redeemed. I thought it was exciting watching that bet though, unfold,
1: especially what's that? You've, that was exciting. No.
0: Yeah, it was because I was sitting there going, uh, here's the complex thing about it is that, while you're excited you know he's gonna die you know mm-hmm. and if you're watching you're watching carefully you know he's not gonna this mm-hmm. isn't going to happen mm-hmm. like it one way or the other either he wrote the wrong thing down on the post-it note which is something that i thought might have happened yeah. where he <laughs> went over up. there and gave she you know and and had to go through all this stuff to give his girlfriend <laughs> the the thing and then she goes out to the mohegan son yeah, and yeah, like yeah. and puts this bag down and like, yeah follow the post-it note exactly i thought man you know what it is they're gonna they're gonna be a misreading of that post-it note and they're gonna it's he's gonna think he's you know it's it it may even
1: be a thing where they're playing on that
0: expectation
1: well yeah you've been primed to because he won that previous bet yeah and he got submarined by fucking eric bogosian's yeah, yeah. character where he canceled the bet yeah so he's like oh no everything's fine i got it all you canceled the fucking bet so yeah you're primed to think something is going wrong with this
0: yeah so so even while you are sitting there and you if you're an astute viewer you know that there's no way he's going to get this 1.2 million mm. it's exciting to watch that go through and it's, it's exciting for me to watch this to go through and like he's actually getting it and everything but you're still in the back of your head you know something's gonna happen yeah but it's still fun to watch the guy actually like get this Like bet this insane parlay to 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 go through because it's it's like there's something about it you're like okay maybe maybe this is this is you know this will I mean I don't think he's going to get through this but
1: it is an insane parlay by the way yeah it's it's a ridiculous bet well there's
0: that you know he 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 Garnett's got to win the tip the opening tip which is a funny hilarious thing. He's like, "'cause at the beginning, Garnett wins the tip, and he's it's like, like and Sandler's like like, "Oh my God, I'm glad he got that oh that could have ruined the whole thing <laughs> and uh and uh, then he's got he's gotta have a combined uh points and rebounds of twenty six mm-hmm. and he's got and the and the Celtics have to win the game right." And uh and uh so like the tip is the maybe the most insane thing that's just 50 <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of yeah. that whole thing the the other stuff you're like okay that that makes a little bit more sense even though you still are gonna you still could easily lose that hundred and twenty something thousand dollars oh, yeah. you just put up so watching it is exhilarating but you're also like I said you you know there's no way he's getting away with this
1: yeah to me that scene was two things I want to mention about that scene that scene to me was excruciating instead of exhilarating mm-hmm. because. I've seen that guy do that, not particularly with a bet, but the guy who hangs on every play and is talking about it and is getting way too excited about everything mm-hmm. and then fucking like punching the TV and shit like that. To me, like, I I guess I've seen it so much. I've probably done it myself annoyingly that I didn't want to watch it. I was just like, okay, can we just, get, just go, get it over with? Get it over with. Not to mention, I had seen that game before, too. So, you know, I didn't know how many points Kevin Garnett had, but I knew mm-hmm. that the Celtics were going to win. So, like, the 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 resolution wasn't really, like, in doubt for me and everything. It was just like, oh, oh, just watching this guy do this. Again, great performance. He does it perfectly, mm-hmm. but I've just seen it before. The second thing is this is basically implying that the the nba is corrupt with betting lines right because garnett sees all that shit before he goes out and does all his shit
0: yeah and i don't think that's anything that many people are going to argue i mean uh, nba has done that to themselves yeah that uh, donaghy uh, scandal Mm -hmm. a long time ago and um, and still people are like, well, that's the guy who got caught. Now we're still running. We still have this shit
1: happening, but people aren't getting caught. It's just interesting to say the movie is saying this outcome was at least partially influenced by... One of the star mm-hmm. players yeah. be, um, Knowing what the line was
0: Well and and Apparently Kevin Garnett Signed off on that Yeah exactly Because he's playing himself <laughs> yeah, I No know, I know. <laughs> A new
1: year Time for new growth Grow your education And skills With Herzing University Our online Behavioral health programs Fit your schedule And time From an 8 month Diploma program In health and human services To a 36 month Bachelor's in psychology Grow your behavioral Health career with us Wherever you are In your education Your future starts now At Herzing University Visit us on online at or text health to 85109 online at herzing.edu or text health to 85109 uh, so i mean that was an interesting part of it but it was it was also like you know maybe we could lean into that a little harder too so but it, i i totally understand being exhilarated by that that last scene But man, it was just like nails on a chalkboard for me.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, I think it comes down to whether or not you are down with this unlikable character Mm -hmm. the entire time. They never once, I don't think they ever once want you to root for this guy necessarily. Yeah i i think it is shocking to most people that he gets shot even though if you know if you've been paying attention (laughs) there's no way there's just no way i mean i was like especially as soon as he's like let he put that fight took that file out and let them in i was like oh you motherfucker
1: what was surprising to me was that his brother-in-law the Eric in character kept at it yeah kept at it like he knows what the stakes are here man Mm -hmm. shut your fucking mouth yeah and so i did not expect him because i I assume he's a well-connected dude and that kind of thing but this dude he's just at the end of his rope. this henchman he's like fuck
0: well that's a thing too i think that uh, bogosian is a guy who is uh, has been used to being in power and a lot of powerful situations and he thinks there's no way somebody has the balls to shoot him at this point and everything and so like he's delusional as well in this whole thing, because he's never, he's never, you know, he's never understood the psychology of these people that he's hiring to help him out and everything. You mm. can't, you can't treat them like he, I mean, he's basically just saying, you know, are you a full time gangster or not? You know, yeah. that these, <laughs> yeah, <what> they, yeah. <laughs> that's what these people are, that's what, what these people are, are about, you know, and it's like, but, uh, yeah. Let's get into some other things about this the anxiety, of the movie part. Mm hmm. There's a obviously this character Howard like owes everybody. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where there's a guy trying to get this like Michael Jackson on a cross thing <laughs> back. Uh, there's another guy who I guess he sold a fake Rolex to. Mm-hmm. And I thought though this is another audience expectation thing. I thought one of those guys might end up killing him.
1: You're talking about the the shorter guys with like the Simon Gar- or Garfunkel yeah, yeah, Afro yeah, type yeah, of thing, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, the there was one guy who keeps coming back trying to get thirty two thousand dollars but the other guy was trying to get his michael jackson on a cross it's got diamond it's like diamond encrusted yeah. michael jackson on a cross or something like that yeah
1: because he's loaned all this shit like keith stanfield gives him all these watches all those fucking watches are yeah. gone man Well, it's- and
0: that's and, and what i'm saying like there that he has he has just loaned all this stuff out there's like all the stuff when kevin garnett comes comes and wants that that opal rock or whatever hmm and uh and he gives him the championship ring as collateral then he goes over and like hawks it for immediately <laughs> for like 20 something thousand yeah. dollars and then there's vig running on it yeah and uh and he's like well once i win this bet then i'll just pay him plus the vig, and i'm good
1: which and- he would have been at that point right yes. if yeah. that bet goes through can't say that they, the rest of the movie doesn't happen but right still
0: they never yeah the, the rest of the movie well again yeah it could be one of those things where he he gets that money and then he bets that money on, right Of course. yeah i mean yeah. he could have done it that way too mm-hmm. um i don't know how much he stood to win with that that uh that bet at the beginning
1: i think it was somewhere around a hundred thousand to where it would get him like not even with everybody, but even with the the mobster guys.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. It was like a six way parlay <laughs> yeah. with twelve thousand dollars, and uh, and I don't know exactly how much that was supposed to get, but yeah he he owes Bogosian a hundred, I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, then he owes the you know he's gonna owe the jeweler guy twenty something thousand, and then you know who who else knows other people he doesn't care about other people he's just like whatever they'll always owe probably.
1: And plus in his back pocket he's got this uncut gem that he thinks is worth millions of dollars he
0: does he thinks that there's three thousand carats and there's going to be 1, a thousand a carrot or something like yeah, yeah. that that he's going to get uh it's a, it's another one of those things where you're like you know it, that that opal is not going to fetch the money he thinks it's going to
1: i actually kind of went with the movie with that one i was like well probably so i mean because the the first scene sets up how dangerous it is to get this shit and how rare this mineral is Mm -hmm. so i was like maybe it is and that's that was a very cool whammy that the movie throws at you is where the auction house is like 125 or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and yeah that's where you really see the the whole range of emotions with this dude that he's like shock anger sadness despair i'm fucked
0: yeah (laughs) you just realize early on this guy is just a loser and he doesn't he, he never will get that there's 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 certain aspects to these characters where where even when they do something right something is going to happen that's going to screw all that up mm-hmm. like the bet that happens and then bogosian stops it. uh you know the everything that he does like like he get garnett gives him that ring as collateral and you and i thought for a moment there garnett was just never gonna bring that thing back
1: yeah me too me it, too
0: because it just it just felt like and he even says later on it's like i didn't even have to bring it back you mm-hmm. know all that um and uh and so it got to the point where i was like this opal and when when garnett said I was going to I'll give you 250 grand for it. I was like that's where he should have taken
1: it. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I was like there there that I guarantee you this opal is less once they once they once he puts it to the auction. And sure enough, they 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 start the bidding at like 40,000 or something. So and then and it's and it it teeters at 100 and then thankfully he's got her judd hirsch to help him out to move up the price oh, he
1: massively screws man. yeah
0: exactly and he thinks he's gonna get it up to that 200 and something price <laughs> and garnett's got his financial
1: advisor with him <laughs> <laughs> and it's just yeah, that's a really tense moment of a movie with tense moments because it's at 190 and you're like there's no way he's not gonna go for the round number like that's my hard limit but no yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um so so yeah the, the the anxiety part is the real anxiety part is in that jewel jewelry store when everybody is hitting him up <sighs> everybody and there's like just little things that just like the door won't open mm-hmm. the uh, uh the people inside that little thing are getting pissed off at him and he
1: can't he, there's nothing he can do about it and that's garnett is in there garnett, right? yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and uh and like uh and then there you have um you have another guy outside who wants his money and mm-hmm. you have it's just a, just a constant like thing going on there
1: um and then in the middle of it he calls his colonoscopy doctor oh yeah yeah on speaker yeah yeah he's got like keith stanfield yelling at him about the watches and he's just like oh well, that's really good i did you didn't find anything great all right and that's probably uh
0: there's probably some sort of symbolism in the fact that one of the first shots of the movie after the the <laughs> Uh, whole uh, African mind thing mm. is a colonoscopy. <laughs> this uh, has something to do with this. We we are in the ass end of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, whatever that type of thing. Um, but yeah, again, it's all going to come down to whether or not you are ready to like a movie with a character that's this unlikable. They tried to do this stuff before, uh. I remember in the movie uh is it it's payback, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah. is like an, an absolute asshole and everything and but all the other people are bigger assholes. Yeah, yeah. So that's how he <laughs> that's how he's a he's a nice guy, a protagonist in the movie and everything. They try this a lot of times. This one didn't really I don't think it really sold itself as here's a character that you're not going to like and he's never going to be likable and you're gonna to have to deal with
1: it. Mm-hmm. No. And, be- because I don't think anybody would willingly go to see a movie like not anybody but a lot of people would want to go see a movie like that yeah i mean
0: i it's it's it would be interesting to know if if i knew that but going in would i have been more apprehensive about watching it Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah in the end i was sold on it i was sold on what they were they were doing there um the savdi brothers also did a movie called good time Mm mm-hmm uh i don't know if you've seen this
1: uh that's uh robert pattinson right Robert that's pattinson. on the list to see
0: yeah robert pattinson's in it uh and it, it's a, again pattinson is a, a character in that movie who you think has maybe some redeemable qualities but it just feels like he's always on the precipice of like he's about to get there he's about to get there and then something happens and uh and uh that movie has a lot that has at least it has it it doesn't have as much anxiety as this movie does but there is at least one scene where there's like a couple of phone calls going back and forth Hmm. between four characters and it's got that same ratchet up type of thing where the person on the other end of the line is hysterical and doesn't want to, you know, it doesn't know what to say to them or or giving them information they don't want to hear. And then another phone call over here, which could change that phone call, is happening. You know, it's yeah. like. you're just like god damn guys what what is going on that you guys felt like the need to put this kind of pathology on film (laughs)
1: i'm kidding right (laughs)
0: what's going on in there there's two of them yeah exactly so anyway uh so yeah a a divergent look there at uncut gems
1: can i ask you a question specifically though Mm -hmm. what's the deal with julia fox's character when we first see her there's a bunch of what look like prostitutes running in and out of the the apartment. Right. And he's acknowledging, he's like, ah, I must have had a party last night or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then she's dealing coke to the weekend. Yeah. But she's also working at the jewelry shop, but also doesn't come to work. Yeah.
0: This is something that I wasn't quite sure about. Yeah. Because when we first see her, we're like, what is her, her relationship to him? There's another woman in the bag. Yeah and and then she's like i know what you i know all you want to do is just come over and snuggle or whatever and he this is after he's been yelling at her for a bunch of stuff yeah and and then i was like okay i don't know oh she works there oh okay she works with him and then and then yeah like, get, like i got the impression with the thing with the weekend is is that she's just she's just a hot chick and that she's someone that the weekend would pull out of an audience and be like come party with me and everything and that's how she got into that room i thought she
1: i thought he had mentioned when he's berating her when he's trying to get to the cab i thought he mentioned that she was dealing again or something like that so like there's there's so many different things because she's making this look like a transaction for the weekend uh who by the way it's funny i I know this because i've I've worked uh weekend videos before but like the the credits came up at the beginning with abel tesve and i was like who the i recognize that name that's the weekend's real name oh yeah that's right (laughs) but yeah so in the bathroom she makes it look transactional and she gives him the drug she does a little bit and he's trying to get in she's like nope no touching but but he's like
0: able to sort of seduce like he's getting he's he's getting close
1: touch it and she's like oh my god yeah it's like, how are you
0: this hard already (laughs) and uh (laughs) and stuff like that and and it could be where she gets to a point just a like crosses the line but not like completely over the line or anything mm. where she kind of like makes people think that they're they're gonna get to have sex with her or something like that i don't know i didn't understand why she was in love with howard so much you're not
1: kidding that i one didn't understand tripped me that at all fuck out and and what's crazy is another thing that the movie does very very well is uh show the tattoo before all the shit goes down because before that you could say that maybe she's just using him for his money or or for that nice apartment in Manhattan or whatever, or access, you know, that kind of thing. But when she gets that tattoo, you're like, she's actually in fucking love with him. Yeah. She's taking care of him. So you know, or at least I know, she wasn't going to run off with the money. He actually trusts her to make this bed, and if it pays off, to get that money back to mm-hmm. her. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just confused with that character. She does it really, really well, but I don't understand her undying love of him don't either what these side hustles are and why she's even working in the store at all
0: yeah i I didn't get that either that's one thing that maybe over maybe another viewing uh in the future i'll i'll understand what her thing is but maybe that's just the way it is where you're just like sometimes there are things you just don't understand Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what she is but i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get like especially after he like tells her to leave the apartment never come back don't want to see you all that and she just comes back and is like like stronger than ever
1: gets the tattoo after that yeah shit. and there's a the, this is not a funny movie but the funniest line in the fucking movie is right there where she gets a tattoo. He's beaten down and crying. And he's like, oh, now we can't even be buried at the same cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume she's Jewish, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the la- oh, by the way, the Jewishness of this movie, I thought, was, was the, the coolest thing about this movie. Mm. Because it pulls no punches of this is the Jewish part of New York City. Uh, we're going to show you an entire Passover Seder, like what happens and that kind of thing. And that was very, very cool to me. Yeah. To yeah. see something just kind of revel in its culture and to show sides. Like, I've never been to a Passover, I've been to a bat mitzvah, but I've never been to a Passover Seder mm-hmm. or anything like that. I thought that was very, very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah, and you're right. It is the one moment that the movie breathes for a second. Yeah, everything. And I think they try to do that. They try to get this whole New York culture thing, which is always supposed to be like this fast paced. You know, everything's going on at once. How do you keep up with it? Well, you're born into it, essentially, because you're a New Yorker. Blah blah blah. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting. And I've I've never spent any time on Forty Seventh Street. It's west, I think, right? Or is it East Forty Seventh Street? where where remember. this is that jeweler's row type of thing oh yeah yeah uh but it's interesting that they show us all the dirty gross stuff on the back when you know tourists or whoever's buying never sees any of that stuff all they see is the the glittering jewelry and the cases that kind of thing yeah and uh but but this is the story of how that shit gets done like people you know borrowing and lending and interest and all that stuff
0: yeah they just, i mean if you were to actually go down and 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 sit Howard down and and like if he was able to recall every person he owes and <laughs> how many different things he's got in different areas paying off something else and everything how many how many like roads would that lead you to who knows I mean it's it's got to be I mean it, <laughs> I was just kept, kept thinking like we're seeing the stuff that's in the movie <laughs> how many other things are out there where he's like lent a thousand here or like uh
1: he's got another piece of collateral over there and no we don't even know where all those watches went no keith stanfield yeah exactly who knows man uh but he's also affording a big place in long island a mercedes uh downtown apartment like rented the the space itself like he's got he's spent he has spent some shit
0: yeah um and he and he is it was it just me or was he like there was a point at the beginning where it felt like he didn't even really sell anything out of his store
1: that, it, that's implied right because he's he brings out the furby and everybody's like oh that's cool but then lakeith stanfield's character is just like what the fuck are you gonna sell this guy I bring kevin garnett in here yeah and you don't have anything to sell him well, he's then- like trying to push his watches but yeah he doesn't really have anything of real value high level value to sell
0: well and he tries to get him to he's trying to get him to sell garnett a sixteen thousand dollar watch mm-hmm. and then he's like no don't want to do that yeah. yeah and then it's like here i and then that's during in the middle of that thing where he's unwrapping the opal and everything is like, i think i'm gonna come yeah
1: that's funny <laughs> that's the second funniest <laughs> yeah. part of the movie
0: and uh and uh and he comes out later, he doesn't want to sell Garnett that. He doesn't want to sell Garnett
1: the opal. He, no. he, what is he doing? Well, and, and Kevin Garnett's got a great line in there where he's like, why'd you even show this to me if yeah, you weren't going exactly. to sell it Exactly. He's like, yeah, I'll go look at this, look at this. And, and he, you know, that's a cool part of the movie where it shows all the complexities of the gem itself. Mm-hmm. Again, why I thought that it may actually be worth around what he was saying, because yeah. it really does linger on how unique this whole thing looks but no, apparently the mineralogist or whatever i, I
0: did like uh, garnett's reaction well that they they had to sort of like the, what what garnett saw in the opal as he as he picked it up like like he he saw him himself in this like you know this big it was like he's you know it's like it, it was obviously going to give him power of some sort yeah. <laughs> you know like he saw himself in the opal you know he's
1: even in there in the locker room at halftime like <laughs> yeah. looking at it <laughs> yeah. like praying to yeah
0: exactly <laughs> and uh and of course like 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 as soon as he gives it back the next game he's like got a shitty game yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you think this is a sports movie? By the way,
0: uh it's it feels like a sports sports betting movie type of. I mean, in the end, it kind of feels that way.
1: It's being reviewed as such. I, I see it on all like the you know the the sports is culture this sites. okay?
0: So this if the, if people call this like straight up a sports movie, like some people want to call Die Hard a Christmas movie, yeah, yeah. Then I'm going to disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, To me, sports movie is your main characters play sports and they are, that's that they have to win or they have to do something Mm. in, in their life as an athlete. That's a sports movie to me. Christmas movie, same way. Does, is there something about Christmas in this where? We, it requires christmas and you know they're getting gifts and it's uh, home for the holidays all that t- it, that's a christmas movie to mm. me like just because it's you know christmas doesn't mean just because there's sports doesn't make this
1: a sports movie i don't know how you'd categorize this movie
0: but sports betting i could get on board with because yeah. a lot of it has to do with that and it has very little to do with uh you know uncut gems or that's you
1: know, that's another thing i was like yeah it, the the gym is almost like a, a, a MacGuffin in the sense that it really doesn't have anything to do with the overall plot uh it's it's weird that he even returns it because i thought the whole thing was going to be a, about his quest to get it back mm-hmm. and you know lakeith stanfield's character is blowing him off he's like you know i got it we're 50 miles away or you know no, that there's kind of never
0: thing. any explanation for that that's another thing that sort of rides your anxiety during yeah. this thing yeah, is yeah. That people have motivations you never quite can grasp mm-hmm. and you don't know where there are where they are in the movie there's a whole point where where are uh lakeith stanfield's like like uh i don't really want to go to this weekend show or whatever then he's at the weekend yeah, show yeah. and he's telling uh he's telling howard i'm here for the weekend show man yeah. like like it was the most natural thing in the world for him to be there smoking yeah. all this stuff yeah. you know like is it, and and you're just like where is this guy coming from man yeah, yeah. i don't understand it and it just raises that anxiety level so high when you when you see that type of stuff
1: yeah um the uh, imdb has it uh, under crime drama and mystery
0: hmm I don't know if you know what's the mystery.
1: What's the mystery? There's no mystery. It's
0: mm, not really a mystery. No. Uh um but
1: it's a crime drama.
0: Yeah. I mean uncut gems could also be symbolic in some way about characters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's an uncut gem, mm-hmm. although is he a gem though? Is he really a gem? No, he's not a gem. He's not a gem. I don't like this motherfucker. Yeah, he's a dick. I don't like him. He's a dick. He's a <laughs> real super dick.
1: He, he really is. And this is what people are saying is that like he anchors that because of his charm and he adam sandler has, certainly has charm he's he's able to sell movies that are not good just based on his personality alone a very good comedian uh yeah. great and punch drunk love but uh i didn't i didn't get that from him great performance not charismatic at all
0: this was apparently supposed to be jonah hill at one time the the howard character now can you imagine now can you imagine jonah hill i can imagine jonah hill in this role
1: i totally could like but the I wolf of wall street type of but jonah i'm hill. trying to
0: wonder if i would actually hate it with jonah hill in it yeah. because jonah hill has played these kind of dicks before
1: yeah. and it, <laughs> he
0: always comes off as somebody that i just i want to be ended yeah you know whereas that's sandler true. just pulls off a little bit better for some reason that's i don't true.
1: know that's true
0: i don't know which one out of those two guys is actually a better actor but <laughs> but i feel like if jonah hill was in the jonah hill would have probably taken it places
1: yeah, <laughs> that would have been that would have been very hard to watch for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, so I I loved it. Barrett hated it. What do you guys think of this movie? Uh, go to syncast presented by Sins on Facebook. We also have a Sins Twitter. Music Video Sins Twitter. That's where Barrett is. That's our right. Music Video Sins Twitter. That's where I am. Um, and uh, we're also on SoundCloud. Uh, we also have a Discord if you want to go to Discord. Uh, we have a link on the right side of our Reddit page. We also You can also go to the Facebook page and private message me, and I will give you an invite Ooh. to Discord uh, as well. So uh that'll do it for this
1: mini pod (laughs) mini pod jimsy pod
0: yeah jimsy pod uh it's chris Atkins and barrett share we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com What's crazy is uh, we went on date night. It was the opening night, and uh, we get we, at uh, at the theater. There's those theaters where there's the two seats in the back in some of them, mm. and so we got the two seats in the back, little box seat for date night and everything. And I was like, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, like uh, right before the movie starts, this couple walks up right below us, right below us, and it's my like best friend, John Miller. Oh, really? And his mom really and i'm like, <laughs> he's like is that john i was like yeah that's insane that he would pick this movie at this time like in this theater uh you know what are the odds it's like i don't know if this ever happened to you in uh, new york but there were there was a time when i was going to work and i picked the the red line just randomly picked it up whatever uh on the way to work uh at like 6:45 a.m and like one of my closest co-workers was also not only in the car not only at the same time but he was right next to me the entire ride and didn't know didn't know until we got off i looked up i was like hey i've been riding from the exact same spot the entire time yeah
0: uh <laughs> I, I i never really ran into people i knew on the subways and stuff i think everybody sort of had different um just everybody has a different kind of thing like i lived in a completely different area than Mm. other people did because of course when i moved to new york i had no idea what to get what i would needed to get into and everything i picked a place to you know to pay rent at that i thought oh well this is close to the theater and Mm. it it was but it wasn't like for a new yorker it wasn't Mm as buses and subways didn't really go by these areas you had to do a lot of walking you had to do a lot of stuff I had my car for a while too yeah. but like when i was on subways and stuff like you know when it was time to go watch movies like i was really the, i felt like i was the only movie buff that was at my theater mm-hmm. yeah like everybody else was there as their Just job as a job and uh so i didn't really like like invite people out and everything so it was like i would get up and take all these buses and subways to manhattan and everything and when it was time to go to work i'm coming from a completely different place so there's like very few people i could actually run into on their way to to work but queens
1: is super small it's just it's just one neighborhood right yeah it's just one neighborhood (laughs) is indeed pleasing to me it pleases me
0: Mm, mm.
1: i have derived pleasure